What if there was a way to hack your brain? To figure out why you're not taking the action you know you need to, and why the action you are taking isn't working? Well, there is. And this podcast is designed to show you how to do that, to see your mind, to coach yourself, and ultimately to create the life and business of your wildest dreams without the hustle or the stress. I'm your host, Elizabeth Salazar. Let's dig in. Hello there and welcome back. So today I have a special guest, somebody I want to share with you. You might know her, you might not, but you're getting ready to. Her name is Caitlin Foss and she started working with me about three months ago. And when she came to me, she had a very specific goal. She wanted to quit her academic job and she knew exactly, she'd already been visualizing, I'm not gonna sign this contract. She knew how many clients she wanted to have and she was going from one client. And and I think even back then, we didn't really talk about this in the interview, but she said that they were like less, she called them like shaky, but right, like when she had clients, they were shorter timeframes, right? And, And that was one of the things that we worked on was having clients for the same package, the same length of time. And so when we started working together, she had one client and her goal was 10. And in a 12-week time frame, she set and hit that goal. And so I wanted to bring her on today and share how she did that, how she transformed, what changed, what happened through the process. Because there was so many things, you guys, like coronavirus, her husband getting laid off, needing to resign from her job sooner than that June 15th when her mind, she had visualized it happening, all of the things And what she does in this episode is share with you what that looked like. So I wanted to bring her and introduce you to her and show you how brilliant her mind is. Let's jump over there and dig in. Caitlin, welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here, Elizabeth. I dreamt of this, that I could be on the podcast and share my success stories. So here I am. I love it. That's actually the very first thing I want to ask you about. So you had said that to me. I said, Hey, Caitlin, do you want to be on the podcast? And you were like, of course, I've actually been imagining this for so long. So tell me about that. Yes. So I think once I hired you in March, I said, all right. And I want to be on Elizabeth's podcast. I'd been listening to the podcast since about February. And so I thought, oh yeah, this could be part of my story. And hearing some of my other mentors and our colleagues and people that we hear when they're on someone's podcast. And it was like, yeah, I can hear it. I can hear us talking to each other about how far I've come. So I knew and just started to continue to imagine the conversation. It helps ground me down in part of the reason, like, why am I working towards this? And part of building that engine, the fire of, I'm on a mission to help other people see that they can do whatever they want. Every time I think about that, and then it's tied to the podcast because now here I am showing other people that you can create what you want. It just keeps building that fire. Yeah. And what do you think would it be different? I mean, I think so many people don't even give themselves permission to believe that they could be that person. So how do you think that that influenced you when you thought, you know what, I want to be on that podcast. I want to be a success story. How did that show up for you as you kept making, like moving towards your goal? It kept becoming clearer and clearer and it gave me 
access to the future that I could work towards something like, oh yeah, and I can't quite picture what July 2020 looks like, but I can picture I met my goal. I can picture that I'm on the podcast, something concrete to tie yourself down a little bit or ground yourself back down into. Yeah. I think that's, it's just such a good point because when we visualize, that's one of the things is so often people visualize their goal, but there's no depth to it. There's nothing around it that goes with it. And in fact, sometimes we just think it's all going to be rain, rainbows and daisies and we forget that it's still going to be 50, 50. You're still going to have some negative emotions, lots of negative emotions. Like you're still going to have a normal life because I mean, Caitlin, when you had one client to 10 clients, how different is life now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, still 50, 50 of like, Oh yeah, I'm still me. I'm still making this happen. But it's also, I have different feelings now, which is part of how I found you of, I need to do a lot of feelings work and I want to grow my business. Elizabeth is going to help me grow my business. But now life, what it looks like is also I'm laughing more in the evenings and my family's like, what are you doing right now? And why are you trying to calm down and work on relaxing and being open? That has been through my coaching with Elizabeth that I didn't even expect that that was going to be a benefit. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing to point out because sometimes I don't know that a lot of people have this fear, but there's this idea like, Ooh, but if I change, then things will be different. And I mean, what I hear you saying is like, yes, you're changing and things are different. And how are they receiving that? How's that impacting your life with them? Only for the positive because they appreciate me not wanting to overwork all the time or being tense. Or I used to think about my business all the time. I just let my mind run around and think about my business. And so that would be distracting during family time. That's how I knew how to be successful before we started working together. You think about things all the time. You let your mind be on the hamster wheel whenever it wants and let it think about whatever it wants. As long as you keep focus on that one thing you're working on, like a business or going to school and achieving that degree. So it was, uh, stepping back and saying, it's not the mind like mind. You need to calm down a little bit while we open up to our feelings. Yeah. And so tell me how you had learned that process. Cause I think what you just described is what so many people go through. They're like, no, this is just how you hit a goal. You obsess over it and you think about it all the time. And how has that, how have, how were you taught that? How has that been like, why is that there? Hmm, that's a good question. I think that's part of what other people tell you to do. You set the goal or you know what it is. It's probably the lack of instruction around it. So it's easy to get obsessed because the mind then says, well, what's an option here? Obsession. Let's do it. And you're not conscious that that's what happens, but it just seems to make sense. Or you're in an environment like in academia, we all think about things all the time. That's what we're trained to do. And so, oh, of course I would do that over here in building a business too, right? Because that's how I earned a PhD. Yeah. So if you didn't do it feeling obsessed and what would be the other emotions you think you felt back then? If it wasn't obsessed or you mean yeah, like, we like in addition together. to that, right? Like before you felt obsessed and it sounds like distracted when you were with your family, how else did you feel when it came to your goals before in your business? Yeah. It often felt like disappointment. Why can't I crack this nut? I've figured out so many other things in my life. 
why aren't my usual techniques working in business? And I do have the emotions of driven and focused and determined really easily. I can draw those easily. But when they're pointed in, I don't know if I want to say the wrong direction or just the direction that's not going to help, it's too much. And that's part of my realizing my emotions are like a rubber band of I can have these, you call it something too, like um, this fuel that is very short-lived and wears me out and is, makes me exhausted sometimes. If that's the rubber band, when that rubber band snaps, it's like, oh, this is painful. Like, oh, maybe I don't want to keep working on business goals if I just always have to feel that tension and sometimes the rubber band snaps. Why don't we just push all of that aside? Yeah. And, and when you think about feeling all of that and taking it into your whole life, it's not like you just were like, okay, nine to five, we're going to have all this. And then after work, everything will be better. You're like, no, no, it was all day long, all weekend, everything. Yes. Yeah. So what changed? Yeah, we kept doing the feelings work, which sounds, I knew it's what I needed to do because I knew I had a limited vocabulary and that the way the model works, it's that feeling line was like, I can't actually really describe this very well. I probably need to do some work in that area and it might pay off to do that in my business. So we have spent a, a lot of the time talking about how to generate those emotions from thoughts, of course, but not just my usual like driven and then taking all the action. So that is the biggest piece of, oh, I don't need to take all the action. And actually, if I take that action from too driven or too, uh, maybe even scattered, might be a feeling of just, oh, this isn't landing the way it could if I was actually open or uh, passionate in a different way. I started to come across the screen too in my videos and on podcasts in a new way in about April, even just after we were working together for about a month, people were saying, your energy is so different. And what is this? I'm like, this is what I've been doing with Elizabeth. It's paying off. People that's, pay attention. That's so cool. So I think that's such a great thing because when people hear things like feelings and getting in touch with them, even when you say that to me and I'm the one teaching it, I'm like, that sounds weird. What are you guys even doing over there? Yes. Yeah. And so what would you say? I mean, I mean, the biggest thing I heard you saying too, is that you just became more aware. Like you learned what the emotions were there and which ones, right. When we talk about fueling you, if we think about you were taking action, but you weren't always aware of what it was. And now it sounds like you're just more aware. Like sometimes it's scattered and sometimes it's, you know, something else over here and you were just intentional about this is how I want to feel. Yes. And it's not driven by like primitive brain. Let's try this. Let's try that. Maybe we should go try that. I've lived so long in the how world. Like I got to follow the steps mm -hmm. and even hiring you in March. I was kind of like, and Elizabeth is going to tell me what to do. Yes. And then Elizabeth has never told me what to do. And really that pays off in such a big way because, uh, it, if I got off of the academic ladder, like I left my job and I've stepped away from that ladder, I'm making my own ladder. That's what I've signed up for. If Elizabeth then gave me the next ladder to climb, I would have climbed it, but then I would have been on the other side like, wait, I didn't make that ladder. 
so Elizabeth kept empowering me to, you're making your own ladder here. <laughs> How do you want to create this? What do you want in your business? And I think what's amazing is, is that so often we think we don't know how and we want the how, and yet you, and I think even as a coach sometimes, right? We're like, I don't know if they know how, but what I love is when it's not our business, like it's your business to figure it out. It's your business to, cause you did, right? Like you had one client and now you have 10, clearly yeah. you figured it out. So what was the how, how did you decide to do it? Yeah, I knew for me, the how piece was, being in front of other people's audiences. I love being on podcasts and uh, on video and connecting with other people. And so I relied on those strengths of where do I like to spend my time already? Let's go do more of that. And I'm starting to see the nuances of that. Like if I was on five podcast episodes in April or May, as I did some of those episodes, I started to hone in on, I didn't know what was going to work. Let me say that. Like, it was like, I'm going to be in front of a, people's audiences. And so I'm going to go beyond these podcast episodes, but I could not have guessed which ones would have paid off to find clients before I started. And so now I've gained a skill set of, Oh, I see what's happening here. I think of it as a, I, and I'm going to say this as if I know anything about guns. I don't really. I've shot a gun once in my life, but shotguns have all these little pellets that go out. And I was spreading pellets like everywhere of just, I think this will work. Let's try this. Here's the spaghetti on the wall. And now I can see, oh, here's the pellet that worked. Like now let's get the sniper gun or what, however that's phrased. Let's get that and let's hone in on that specific audience or here's where my ideal client is. So that's really paying off. Yeah. I love that. So it kind of sounds like what you're saying is, is that you had no idea how you were going to do it. Right. And you just did some things. Right. And then I had some more things. I did some more things and kept coming back to the belief like, Oh, it's possible that I don't know the how it's possible that I'm going to figure this out along the way. Yeah. And I mean, really, could you ever have guessed that this was the how? Absolutely not. Because I hired you right before COVID or like we were in Dallas together when everything started getting shut down. And I thought, oh, I know what's happening in April and May for sure. I thought I knew exactly what was happening and I had no idea. And uh, I was still on my mission to, I'm going to create clients and I'm leaving my job. And so this is going to work and I'm going to make this work from a different space, not from my usual hurried, too driven, exhausted at the end process. Yeah. So you didn't get to know the how you didn't get the how from me. You had to just show up and do it. I I love that you mentioned the belief part because so often people put the belief as kind of to the side and they're reluctant to believe because they're so busy focusing on what to do and how to do it and looking to the coach, looking to me, looking to anybody for the answers. And so when you say that you believed and that was a priority, what did that look like? Yeah. So Elizabeth's daily work, sitting down, actually practicing the thoughts, making my mind practice those thoughts, open up to them, not dismiss them, train my brain where to go and what to think about at certain times so that it wasn't thinking about whatever it wanted all the time. And, you know, I think about this as maybe somebody's listening to this podcast that's 
in their car or they're doing some tasks, they're doing laundry and they're kind of half listening. Also part of hiring, hiring you was I listen to everything Elizabeth has to say, which other people have said, but when you hone in on, okay, if Elizabeth says this, or I am tuned into the words she is using and how she speaks about herself on the podcast or trainings that you do that made it dial in too and helped kind of put the other voices aside of, okay, if I let's try to listen to everybody right now, I'm going to get distracted easily. Pay attention to what Elizabeth's saying. She knows what she's doing. Keep listening. Yeah. So it was trust in me. Trust in is like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to play out, but I think she knows that this can work. Yes. Yeah. And then the, the actual action. I mean, when people talk, talk about like doing work, and staying busy. I'm like, okay, great. Let's do the work on your mind. And you really prioritize that you were, you know, you didn't just sit down and do it out of habit and check it off the list. You can tell, right. We can tell from your results that you pictured that future where the, where it was done. You, um, you decided on the goal, you went after creating it and like really feeling that it was possible. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And stuck with it. Even when I wasn't hitting the goal. Yes. What do you mean? Was there ever, cause, cause you know what people think of consistency is, is I signed, if I signed 10 clients in 12 weeks, like that must've been one, one, one. Tell us what that looked like for you. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So we started the 10 clients goal back, I, I think from the beginning of this is what I want. This is what I'm, I want my business to look like. And when I didn't reach that, you know, actually we must've started with sign a client this week. And I did one, but then there were weeks when I didn't sign a client, even though I had been, wor been working on my belief. And it was like, wait, I didn't hit this goal. This is so painful. But I could also look back on the week and say, actually, I didn't believe for the past four days that it was going to happen. So of course it didn't happen. So once I could see those patterns and that the disappointment of not hitting my goal was something that was survivable <laughs> in terms of, I had been shying away from goals of like, I don't want to feel disappointed. So let's just be vague and not set the goal. Uh, that'll be easier. Right. It was like, Oh no, if we reach Friday or Tuesday or whatever it is, and we haven't reached our goal, we'll survive that disappointment. We'll set the goal again and then see what it takes this week to make it happen. Yeah. I love that because so often, right. People are like, yeah, but I'm going to feel disappointed. I can't do that. I'm going to beat myself up. I'm going to be mean to myself. And there were plenty of calls that you came to that you hadn't hit the goal. Yeah. That you hadn't hit the goal for that week that you technically weren't quote unquote on track. And I think what's cool as a coach is, is it's that it's my job to just keep believing that you can hit the goal, that there is no timeframes. There is no rules about how many clients you can sign in a week that it's just up to how's your belief? What are you doing? How are you, how are you tweaking into this? So tell us about how you would adjust, because I think often what people do is they, they have so many weeks, a month, whatever, where they're like, man, I'm not seeing the progress I think I need to see. And then they give up. How did you not give up? How did you not get discouraged? How did you choose to just keep believing? What did you look at from your week to learn from? Share a little bit about that. Yeah. Part of it was there was a week in there where I said, Here's the part where I give up because I've started, I started my business in the summer of 2016 
and it was very so a side thing and I would dabble in it and it's grown over the years for sure. But there were often times when I would be like, oh, this isn't working and just pull back from it. And so I wouldn't make money. And this, when I came to you with that week after knowing I'd been doing the belief work and I was like, here's where I usually give up because I look at the evidence and I say, evidence and I say, it's not working. I had two consults in a row that both said yes and then they backed out. So it must mean it's not working. I need to pull back. And instead, I, we talked about that moment of this is when you still keep believing that it's going to work. That now when I look back at 12 consults and 70% of them converted, that looks very different in the grand scheme of things compared to the first two that were like, and here's the evidence it's not working, which is such an academic thing to do. I had to switch my mindset of conversion rates of being something like 20% and 30% of this, that's technically failing in the academic world, big time. It's not even close to passing, but switching that mindset of you would, you need to fail more often. That's how you're going to succeed. Actually living it, not just hearing it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Kind of for other people, but living it was, oh, yep, this is how it works. Here's where you don't give up and look how it pays off. Yeah. That's the biggest difference between people who are like, I know it intellectually versus I got to the moment where I'm like, yeah, this is the part that sucks and is hard and I don't know anymore. And that willingness to keep going in that moment. Yes. And I think it's really impressive that you caught that pattern because so often we don't have the awareness and that has been what's helped you to even move faster, which is I have an awareness of my mind. I see the way I would have behaved before. And even that acceptance of it. I think you mentioned that to me once where I was talking about my past and you're like, you're just so accepting of it. And I was like, yeah. And I see that in that moment, right? When you catch yourself and you're like, this is the part where I give up. Even your willingness and ability to say that, it, it has an element of acceptance. Like, yep, that's just what I do. This is what, this is what I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And then you just kept going. Yeah. Here's the part where my brain freaks out about how this is going to work next month, or we only have two days to meet the goal. Oh yeah, I can rein it in. I can manage it. Reminded of the thoughts we're thinking on purpose. Yeah. How many clients did you sign? Like what was your record of clients you signed in a week? Hmm, that's a good question. Probably four. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was going to be my guess. Yeah. There was a stack together that came together that was like, oh yeah, I'm really living in belief now. And there's that beauty of waking up the next day to someone has made the deposit of, oh yeah, I kept believing that I was going to reach my goal and I was going to be able to tell Elizabeth that I'd reached it. And I wasn't quite sure who it was going to be or how it was going to happen. Yeah. And those are really important thoughts that I don't want anybody to miss right? She had to believe that she didn't know how it was going to happen, that it just was. And I remember we had these conversations back and forth where I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm going on a trip. Let's record this podcast. And like, how are you doing on that? Cause I want to have you on the podcast. And it was just this expectancy, like you're going to hit the goal. And so every time you would just be like, yep, signed another client, signed another client. And it was right. cool to get to watch. It was cool to get to experience that with you. And that you didn't believe my drama of I don't know if I can do it. And you know, the thoughts, it's like, you never believed my thoughts or said, yeah, 
or agreed with me of like, mm, I don't think it's going to work out for you. <laughs> that's right. I don't know if it'll work either. Right. Because that's really the truth. When you hired me three months ago, and, and this is the truth for ourselves, this is the truth for our clients, we never get to know what result they're going to create. But when I think about my job and your job, it's literally just to believe. That's it. Because when we don't believe, it just looks so different. It looks more skeptical. It looks more like, yeah, that's broken. I don't know what's happening versus like the expectancy. Like, of course you're going to hit the goal. Mm -hmm. And you did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you now have proof for yourself that you can sign four clients in a week, that you can work with 10 clients. When you think about the future from this moment on, does, does possibility seem bigger Yes. And from such an example of other people, I can be really grounded in thinking like, okay, Elizabeth did this. Other people have done this. That gives me the path of it's possible. So then that's often where I start. Okay. They did it. It's possible for me too. And I have caught myself as we go into the second half of the year. Now I can start to see myself with the thoughts of where I play small of Here's where my brain wants to say like, yeah, but you're probably not going to be able to go too big. So just scale it back, Caitlin, make it reasonable. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, I see you thought if we believe that we're not going to be able to hit big goals by the end of the year, we're not going to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, that brings up a good point, especially when we talk about your belief, you quit your job. I did. And you knew you were going to do it. You'd set the date ahead of time. And that was part of your, I want 10 clients by this date. Tell us a little bit about that because right. That like, that was actually a huge reflection of your belief. Yes. I embraced, and you know, this academic year I had, I mean, for a long time, I thought maybe I'll leave my job. Maybe I'll not be a professor anymore. All right. So like that had already been established, but Earlier in the academic year, I said, maybe this is the last year and an obstacle presented itself. And I, I thought, okay, yeah, I'm backing off. Sorry. Like, didn't really mean that next. I'll definitely be there next year. All right. It was this just minor thing of somebody saying that they were going to be on leave. And I thought, oh, so I can't go on leave. It like oh, gave nice. me an excuse to <laughs> have drama of, okay, so it's not my year. Thanks for playing. And then I started to embrace it more. You were going to take turns. Like, well, yeah. if you're going to be off this year, I'll keep working. Yes. We do that in academia. Yes. So then it was like, okay, so I'm staying put. And then I had to embrace in January and February, I had to say no to some opportunities, some coaching opportunities that I really wanted to say yes to. And I thought, oh yeah, this is part of knowing that I really do want to leave this. And I'd made peace. I got a lot of coaching. I'm making peace with being able to leave my job from that loving place of, I love this again, and I'm ready to leave. So as I did that work, by February, I said, let's make this happen. I don't know the how. I don't know how I'm going to be able to quit. I don't know what that's going to look like exactly, but I just started to imagine not signing my contract on June 15th. That was the big visual of, they send the contract. I do not sign it. The best part about that story is I had to decide somewhere in April and have conversations in early May. And so by the time June 15th came around, it was like, oh yeah, I visualized that. 
but we're already way past that. That was one of those that didn't quite look the way I had thought in a good way. And I still made it happen. With COVID, with my husband losing his job, never would have guessed in January, hey, you're going to leave your job even with your husband leaving, like being laid off from his job. Don't forget the global pandemic that's coming. That's right. Yeah. And, and I think when we look at your belief in there and you had to make that decision in May, how many, do you remember how many clients you had when you like told them you weren't going to resign? Oh yeah. It, it was probably three. Yeah. It was, it was right, not, it was yeah. not your goal. And I think that's such a, it's such an excellent example of belief because in that moment, right, there was two beliefs you had. One was like, this may never work and I'm choosing to believe. And so often people think like, oh, I've got to be realistic. I've got to be logical. I've got to take action from this belief that it probably won't work. And you just kept choosing. I'm choosing to believe. I'm choosing to show up. And that's, I, I think that's, I think that's very cool. And I can also see how that would have probably been really scary for you. Oh, for sure. And that was the difference in embracing the scared. So being on the ledge or kind of being on the edge of the pool and just putting my toes in, that's what I did in my business for years of just like, I'm putting my toe in. How's this? Oh, this is interesting. Here's a leg in the pool. And this was like, okay, I bet the way to actually make this work is if you go dive into the deep end and just jump in and like it won't be as painful the cold water if you jump in and it was true it was very true yeah because you had to keep redeciding I want a business I mean I remember us having this conversation why do I want a business again why am I doing this yeah and you had to like you I mean you didn't have those thoughts before about being a businesswoman and what you're building and I would say you're still building those and that's the really cool thing is that you've created 10 clients and a really cool goal for this year, number-wise, and it all comes with like, actually, I'm just going to build my mind as I go. You didn't start with some vision of I'm an entrepreneur. You were like, no, actually, I'm an employee. I'm going to probably be a professor here forever, and maybe I'll do something different. Right. Yeah. So when you think about who you've had to become, who if you had to become, Caitlin, to create 10 clients? Hmm. I've had to become someone who trusts myself and has the inner knowing of this is what I want. I can achieve that. I, and I'm the only one who can make that happen. I had to become that person and ground down into it. Yeah, this is what I want. I'm the only person who can get it for myself. Yeah. So it sounds like direction. You gave your, your brain direction. This is what I want. This is where I'm going. And then that control. People believe this with weight loss. Like obviously I'm the only person who can lose weight, but I think somehow that starts to get skewed in business where they're like, no, my coach is going to show me how to do this. They're going to, their process is going to lead me. And it sounds like you just took such extreme ownership and control. That's like, this is up to me. I've got to do this. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this next? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And do you remember any, cause I mean, in the, in the process of becoming somebody who creates a result, the person who can say, I set goals and hit them, you have to also stop believing things and even stop feeling certain feelings. What were some of those feelings and thoughts that you have maybe not put aside forever, but have practiced seeing and not choosing more often than you do? Mm-hmm. I think of this in these tiny little micro moments of 
you're standing and looking in the mirror and my go-to is to beat myself up and which was part of the thing I was avoiding for so long. Like, I really don't want to deal with the uh, head chatter of after I don't hit a goal. I don't want to have to deal with the voice in my head that would like, likes to yell at me. Corella DeVille comes out and says all the worst possible things. And then it was just so in a micro moment when you're just looking in the mirror and you catch yourself saying something negative and you're like, wait, right now, here's the moment to turn around and say, yeah, like, um, hey, I love you. Just even to yourself in the mirror or, hey, you're looking good or little moments like that that also pay off in your business. So things to let go, the beating myself up, judgment, shame. I've seen a lot of brains over the past year as a contractor for the life coach school and we have such similar patterns so it's easy to put aside shame now to be able to say okay everybody thinks this including myself the sooner we can move on from that thought the better we'll be back to believing thoughts that are helpful uh i had a lot of thoughts that were tied to circumstances of oh no if you if you have that amount of money, you must have different kinds of thinking or uh, that must never occur to you that you, like you would feel something negative. And we did a lot of work on that actually. When you talk about the blips of, oh, my brain goes there, but then I pull it back faster. Mm -hmm. I see that all the time now. I'm like, oh, there my brain wants to go down that rabbit hole. Come back, come back. Now let's keep going. Makes such a difference. Yeah, because I think when we take away this expectation that those thoughts, that Cruella DeVille, those emotions, I think, I don't know who does this, and maybe it's our own brains just not having a pattern for what it looks like, but somewhere along the lines, we think this stuff's going to go away. We think once we make a certain amount of money, once we have a certain number of success or whatever, we'll just have this confidence and this certainty and nothing will ever feel bad again. And that's why I love saying and letting everybody see it over and over again is like, we aren't mastering. We aren't like holding our breath, trying to get to the next level. We're learning how to breathe. We're learning how to be comfortable and happy and calm and enjoy our life because the cycle is just the same. We're just, we're seeing the thoughts. We're getting out of them quicker. We're putting ourselves through some more stuff as we set a new goal. We're watching all the drama come up. And we're just creating that certainty that's like, I know what to do. I know what's going to happen. I know my own patterns. And because I know that, right? Like, I think that's the value of know your patterns so that when they happen, you're not shocked. You're like, yep, that's, that's what happened. Yes, which is so powerful about how you phrase it. In the academy, we are taught to look to everybody else to know what to do or to learn about patterns that way. And I am a data-driven, statistical, loving person. Love my spreadsheets and everything to do with it. My go-to is to be like, let's look at the stats of what has happened for other people. Mm -hmm. But you phrasing it as, look at yourself. What are your own patterns has been, oh, look how much there is to learn from me. <laughs> Yeah. And how does that feel? Like when you think about you can learn it from you versus from some data about other people, how does that impact your experience of you learning from yourself and showing up in your business? Yeah. Everything happens faster because I'm the closest source to me of knowing what actually works. I spend less time looking at data and more time, oh, what happened here? And as I do that daily work of what did I start to believe? Where did I start to drift? 
what do I need to practice today? All of that is like, wow, this is mind blowing when you really believe it and adopt all of the thoughts and get the flywheel turning. It just gets easier and easier of like, look at these patterns that I tend to play out. How fascinating. Yeah. And I always am like trying to convince people. I want to convince everybody. I'm like, look at your own patterns. Because I think about what with coaching, we go really slowly when we try to do it the way we do it. And yes, we help speed up the process, but it's like, I help you go less slow. And that's how you go faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as you know your patterns, you speed up because you go less slowly. Yes. Which really was a slowing down for me. I like, couldn't quite believe that in the beginning. I'm like, so we have to go faster. We have to like put more of this driven energy. Right. And you're like, no. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm, okay, I believe you. Tell me more. Slowing down is the key here. What does that look like? Yeah. Why don't you elaborate on that? Because I think that you bringing that up is is something that somebody else is going to be thinking too, which is like, yeah, I need to do more. I need to go faster because I'm behind. And your experience was, you know, I told you, you need to slow down. And, and what I love is that as a, as a, as a student, as somebody who wants to learn, you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Tell me more. So how does it make sense that you slow down to speed up? Yes. How does that make sense? It becomes more precise. Being able to slow down helps you see the patterns of what just happened. What did I create this week? Why do I feel exhausted on some days and not others? It wasn't the time spent per se, but it was that emotional energy that was used to create it. It's kind of like when people say, I work on my business 20 hours a week and make millions of dollars. And you're like, I can't even imagine that. What are you talking about? Now I know the secret of, oh, it's because they're not using emotional energy or a short fuel to create that. They slowed down, looked at themselves, and then you're able to go faster. It's like you get off the bicycle to get in the car, but that moment where between the bicycle and the car where you're like, this can't possibly work. That bicycle was working pretty well for me, but you get in the car and then you try, you're like, oh wow, that's what happened. So I had to do that. Uh, And that was painful in March even to be able to say, okay, I know that slowing down is the key, but it seems like my energy, my regular fuel should be what I use right now. Let's go back to that. And I was like, no, dial back in, slow it back down. Yeah. Cause the emotions you've used and that are very easy and familiar, you said are driven and productive and those weren't the emotions you used to create this goal, right? Right. What were the emotions you used? It wasn't driven and productive, right? Because I mean, when we talk about this out loud, that doesn't make sense, but you kind of mentioned it here. The reason that they didn't work was because there's such high, fast emotions that you were burnt out. You were actually exhausted from holding them and feeling them for so long. And you weren't giving your body that rest of not feeling fast and high. And in that fast driven, productive mode, you weren't giving yourself time to slow down and learn from yourself. So what emotions did you use if not those? Yes. Versions of open. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, that would be a lot of curious, uh, let's say like my vocabulary for feelings is still limited, but it is that grounded open. I'm growing in my feelings words. 
and I can feel it in my body is that other difference. Mm. So I know when I'm tense or I start to crouch over or uh, everything feels tight. I'm like, oh wait, no, this isn't that, this is one of those fast burning fuel emotions. Let's step back and be expansive. Think knowing, confident is in there. Certain is one I hadn't really used before. Oh, I feel certain right now. And that is so powerful with clients or when you're on a consult call and you are feeling certain, mm -hmm. they, they say something like, I don't know if you can help me. And you're feeling certain, like I can absolutely help you. Like I can show your, you your mind any day of the week. We can totally do this work. That sounds completely different when you feel certain versus if you're like kind of uncertain of, I don't know if I could help this client either. <laughs> Yeah. I think those are good things to contrast, right? Productive and driven versus certain and curious and grounded. And you, and, and I love this too, like, cause I had to go through the same journey, but you had to go through the journey of being able to feel those things and understand what those emotions were and connect in with them. So some people are going to already have that ability and other people aren't. And what I think is cool about this is again, it shows you don't have to stop and learn emotions. You don't have to stop and you get to work on the goal and change and work on yourself, which is sometimes just having a very limited vocabulary of emotions and just using them. Right. And like knowing that you have to go live it. So especially being somebody who lives in the, lived past tense in the ivory tower of we're going to study this but not actually live it, once you're living it, you're able to say, oh, now I see where that feeling comes from because I've been practicing it. Oh, now I really get that my thoughts create my results, that any circumstance is neutral. You're like, kill it. I know these things, right? Some listeners are like, I know that. And I'm like, have you lived it? Because it's kind of like childbirth. You know, you're like, go experience it. Experiencing it is very different from reading about it. So once you, if you live it and do the work of whatever you're working on, but for this business goals, for sure of like now go live it and fail over and over again to see what's possible. Yeah. And how has doing this work with me and hitting this goal, setting a goal, hitting a goal, learning your emotions, how has this actually helped you as a coach? Cause you kind of alluded to it here, but I want people to hear that. Helped as a coach. Yeah. Well, being able to help my clients even better knowing when they're going through this struggle, like because you've lived it too, you show up as a better coach, I believe, because you're like, I've been there. And I know what thoughts you're going to run into because I had those same thoughts. And so it generates the, I was willing to take the leap. So many of my clients want to take a leap. And if I hadn't jumped into the pool myself of, okay, I just, dove up off the deep end and did it myself, I wouldn't quite be able to be there for them in this, be there for them in the same way as I can say, ah, I can hold this space for you because I know where you're headed. Uh, and that I could coach you on anything and be the example of what's possible for my professor clients of like, hey, I know you want to achieve this big goal. I have big goals I'm working on too. And look at the goals I've achieved along the way. Come along. Let's do more of this work together. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that because you took the leap, 
you are now able to believe in a bigger way. Like, you know what? I believed with zero ability to see any steps in front of me. So when your clients come and say, Hey, I want to do this thing. You're like, you have a stronger ability to believe now that they can do it too. Absolutely. I think that's such a valuable thing that we get to give our clients by doing the work on our own self. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. my favorite. So what would you say has been the hardest part of this process? Failing and then picking myself back up to say, all right, that didn't work. Or those hours spent didn't turn into the thing I thought they would. That's okay. We're working on this piece over here. Or uh, it's okay that they said no. Sometimes they come back around even. Uh, just being willing to hear no, to fail at it over and over again. I have often done things in my life that I was just good at or had kind of a growing ability at to be like, yeah, I can get all A's in this. Easy. I'll make that happen. And this is very like, you need to get F's on purpose. Contradictory to the world I'm used to living in. So go get F's, come back. And you holding that space for, great, you failed this week, basically. And me being like, she's not judging me the way I'm judging myself. All right. Okay, she's on to something here. I can believe yeah. in this. That was definitely the hardest part. Good. And, and what would you say the flip side of that, right? Was there anything that was easier than you thought it was going to be? Hmm, that's a good question. I think lots of little pieces of, oh, wait a minute, to have that amount of money in your bank account, like, and to see it happen, look, that wasn't that hard. Or when you slow down, it doesn't mean that you have to put in 80 hours a week. Like I thought for the longest time, you must have to put 80 hours into this and it can't be possible in 40 hours a week. And so it was like, it was possible. And it was almost easier. If I'd been such a driven action person before, it really is easier to come over into the other side of if you believe first and use the right fuel, it gets easier and easier as time goes on. Yeah. And it feels really wrong at first. Like, yeah. no, I'm not doing, like, there's this gap of like, I should probably, I must need to be doing more, but it's such a magical place where you're like, wait a minute, everything I was doing before I can do significantly less but do it in this certain way. And now I create results that my mind is blown about. First of all, blown of how much action and energy I had to do to do it, but just what it's creating. For sure. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience as we wrap up here? Just make sure you're getting that weekly coaching. Like if you haven't hired a business coach to get weekly coaching, I would totally drift by, you know, if I saw Elizabeth on Tuesdays. Sometimes I'd be at Thursday, like, wait a minute, I've already like drifted away from whatever we were talking about. Come back around, Caitlin. Uh, so people who are not getting coached, if you're like, oh, I've been doing it myself, or I get coached once a month or something like that. It's like, that's going to be a slow route to building your business. The sooner I embrace, like, it's time to go all in weekly with Elizabeth or, you know, groups that you're doing, that kind of thing. Like embrace it so much transforms when you make that investment and when you commit to weekly. Yes. So true. So Caitlin Foss is a academic coach, coach for academics. Tell them exactly who you help so that they know if that's them and what you help them do and how they can connect with you. 
Yeah. So I help professors reclaim five hours of their week every week for themselves, not their universities. And uh, so anybody who's in the academic realm, that's who I help. I'm at drcaitlinfoss.com on my website and on social media. If you're somebody who needs to stop procrastinating, that's where a lot of my clients come in and do the work. I keep procrastinating myself as a time ninja. I can show you how to do this and help you believe that you can too. You can get eight hours of sleep. You can work out every day. You can raise a family. We adopted a kid while I was building my business. Like all of it is possible. All of your dreams are possible. I would be happy to talk about it with you. So thank you, Elizabeth. I love it. Thank you, Caitlin, for coming on and sharing your your results, your setting and hitting goals, and the mind that you had as you did it. So everybody connect with her if that is, is who you are and how she can help you. And thank you, Caitlin. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Strategic Mindset Podcast. Before you go, take a minute and leave a review and hit that subscribe button. <laughs> These are actually the only two ways that I have to know who's on the other end. And so if you haven't already, do those things and I'll see you next time. And I'll see you next time.